This week on Garden Time, we visit Portland Nursery in Portland, Oregon to see what types of plants you can add to your garden to give it a fresh look for the fall and winter. These plants will not only look good, they can also provide shelter and food for your local wildlife. All that and more coming up on Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. At Capital Subaru, we value your time, whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team. Everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. Like our Living Green Wall, just one of the many features throughout our dealership. Looking for the perfect pet gift? Check out Happy Paws Pet Shop right here in our lobby. Or plan your next adventure in our fireside seating and find your happy place. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 7 region. This deals with plants that can survive at approximately zero degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. And welcome to the Garden Time Podcast, Garden mm -hmm. Time Show. Um, we are taking things outside our studio. <laughs> um, we were talking about fall plants as an idea because we are a garden show. And so we're here at Portland Nursery on Stark. They also have their location on Division. And we're gonna cover some plants. I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna step behind the camera and I'm gonna let them go to town. But uh, first of all, thank you again to Capital Subaru in Salem. Um, mm -hmm. If you're ever in the neighborhood, stop by and say thank you at Capital Subaru for um, sponsoring us. Um, but first of all, um, let's talk a little bit about why fall is a great time to plant. Because we keep on telling this to people over and over and right. over again. Let's talk a little bit from your perspective in the retail industry, why it's a great time to get here. Um, well, we have this wonderful thing called rain in the fall, <laughs> which is coming really, really soon. Um, and so the soil is just going to be perfect to get things in the ground. And we don't get that cold compared to other parts of the country. So the roots can just keep growing and expanding all through the winter. And then come spring, you have a much more established plant and it just like wakes up and explodes. And it's just, a bit, especially in drought tolerant areas, like drought tolerant places, it's a really good time, place mm -hmm. to establish something. You know, there's you know a lot of things that are you know you're talking about. It's great time to plant. Are there mm -hmm. things that we should be avoiding or not planting this time of year? Or being mindful. Yeah. Um, broadleaf evergreens, things that are borderline hardy, like okay. zone eight um, kind of things. You might want to make sure you protect them or throw a garbage can over them during the the cold spell that we get. Yeah. So we don't want to put you know promote putting something in the ground right. if there are. Right. things that you know maybe not the best idea so it's right. good to kind of right. elaborate on that too. yeah but majority of like your broadleaf evergreens mm -hmm. you know perennials, perennials are great. Yeah. definitely yeah. great, great mm -hmm. items to get in the ground yeah your fall annuals mm -hmm. right. and really if people are watching that don't get fall rains you got to make sure that you're watering in because these are new transplants and yeah. so for us too our watering our natural rain has been kind of spotty yeah. so we're supposed to get rain but if we don't we're gonna have to irrigate too yeah and we've told people in other podcasts we've told them over the years we always measure the soil temperature in the spring because it heats up slowly. Mm -hmm. And here in the fall, it's going to cool down slowly, and that's why that soil stays warm enough for those that root development. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to step away. Okay. I'm going to grab the other camera, and we will start going over some plants. All right. All right. So, Laura, yep. you have, you know, sort of those that I can't see it. Right. You know, you've picked out some great, you know, cartloads of, of plants that are, you know, 
looks like probably some of your favorites. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of items in here that you don't typically see or typically think of for for fall. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of us are kind of, you know, spend our time in the garden center in the springtime. Right. But there is a whole palette of plants that, you know, if you're not visiting your garden center out this time of year, mm -hmm. you maybe don't aren't aware of some of these really cool plants yep. that you can put in the ground. So, you know, let's throw it out. So this, let's kind of talk about this first cart. Mm -hmm. Kind of see, I kind of see a pattern of, of color. Choices. Yes, definitely. There's a whole palette that you can do in your winter containers or in the ground. Um, the whites are, they'll really pop against gray skies um, and kind of lighten up an area. Um, this is a new um, ornamental cabbage called uh, Crystal White. Um, it's got an incredibly bright white center and dark green leaves with white veining. Um, and it's just kind of a, it almost shines It does, you know, because well. you know, a lot of us are familiar kind of with the cabbage, ornamental cabbages and ornamental kales. Mm -hmm. But this one is, does have a different look to it. It does have kind of a little bit of a glossier green mm -hmm. on the foliage. And then that white on the inside is just like this pure white cabbage. Yes. So it's, it's a pretty cool one. So yeah. is this something that you do in containers or would you do it more in borders or could you do, do both? Either one. Either one. Yep. Both would work great. So very versatile. And then you have a, a really kind of interesting conifer. Yes. Here that has, you know, there's silvers and there's whites. Which mm -hmm. one? Which this is um, Chemiciparus lawsoniana pearly swirls. This one I would recommend for a container only. Oh, really? Okay. Um, because it's a lawsoniana okay. and they're prone to root rot. Oh, okay. And so, and it's really, they're really picky. Um, so and Especially here in, in the Northwest. Yeah. Where we get, you know, rains for really long long mm -hmm. periods of time mm -hmm. you know in other other parts of the country or is it where you don't have saturation problems with, with water where is drainage better? is better i think it would work, work better. better um but yeah just like and this one will want some afternoon shade it'll burn in the okay. hot sun is that um, pretty true with a lot of things that have like you know white variegations a lot of the conifer well not necessarily i'm looking at an azara behind us that okay. loves the hot right. sun so but as far as conifers go it seems like sometimes some of the some, you know, yeah. The goldens and the whites can mm -hmm. get some burn if they it's can, real, real hot. If it's super hot, yeah. Okay. And then how true. big does this guy get? It gets, all right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know. <laughs> Where is, oh, thank you. Um, so it gets three to four feet high in 10 years. Okay, so it is a, a nice slower growth. Yeah, but it's not going to stop growing. Right. <laughs> I mean, in 10 years, it doesn't grow. You know, no. that kind of brings, brings up a good point, yeah. you know, that we, I don't know if we necessarily talked about in time, you know, people you know look at growth habits of, of plants they see them on tags in the mm -hmm. nurseries that say it will get to be this hollow this height so in so in 10 years then it does continue to grow it does okay. yeah my semi-dwarf conifer is 15 feet tall right and so you know sometimes <laughs> we'll plant things and it says it only gets 12 inches tall uh -huh. eventually it's two three four feet yeah. tall so there's so how do we know when we're reading plant tags how to, how to judge that. Right. Well, conifers specifically, I mean, I guess I know because I know how we write yeah. our tags. And um, and we try and educate through a website as well that yeah. this is going to be, in ten. this is your 10-year height, but it's not going to stop there. It'll just right. keep going. And then there's a lot of factors that go into playing that, that too as far as soil conditions, growing climates, exactly. sun, water, mm -hmm. things too. So. Yeah. So this one's kind of a nice blue-green feathery foliage with the cream accents on it. 
Um, I just, it would be like a great focal point in a partially shady container. It has really container. kind of that airy, wispy, mm -hmm. wispy look, which is real pretty. Yeah. And you have a couple other other plants down here. There's some white blooming plants. Yes. That look really, really kind of nice with it. So what is this this guy? Um, that's a lavender elegant snow. So it's a white blooming lavender. Um, it won't be blooming in the winter, of course, but you'll have the silvery foliage. Um, so another one that would be great in the container or in the ground. And then is this, this one, um, you know, it's blooming now and still has buds. Is mm -hmm. this one that will start blooming earlier in the year and yeah. get a little haircut and it's coming, yes. coming back? Is exactly. That, mm -hmm. So you can get, get some repeat bloomer. And then this guy here also has some really cool silver foliage, mm -hmm. but covered in really pretty red, red berries. Red berries, yeah. aster glaucophyllus. Um, it's just you could almost spill that over a pot, right. um, but you could also have it like be this amazing ground cover that just billows out and you'd have like little berries to pick for arrangements in the winter. Right. And, you know, which is something that, something to think about as yes. we, as we look into fall, you know, what are, what are some of the attributes we may look at? Cause you know, spring we're always so into like flowers, flowers. got a flower, 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 flower. Yeah. but there's more to a lot of these plants that we don't really necessarily pay attention to exactly. in the fall. So berries is definitely one. Mm-hmm. Food for the birds too. Oh, that's another benefit to it. And then this guy. Oh, I know. Gara whirling butterflies, a powerhouse of bloom. It just goes and goes and goes and has that dance dancing movement in the little white. It's just such yeah, a Yeah, it it's kind of gets real long, tall stalks that have mm -hmm. flowers all along the stalk, and then you get a lot of movement. Yeah. So kind of like some of the ornamental grasses, but with a with a bloom. So you'll have have that movement of flowing, and then you know bloom time, the bloom power on these sides start late spring, mm -hmm. all summer long. Yeah. And you don't see evening primrose family that often. Right. So, so how tall is that one again? Does that one get three by three? A nice, a nice tall, yeah. tall three-footer. So it, it would be good, like, as maybe at a focal point in a pot. Focal or point. Or in the back of a border. Yeah, we also have it in the front of our border, and it, with gravity, it, like, swoops over and comes up in oh, the parking pretty. lot. And then another kind of a fun silver. silver. It's, you need to have plants you can pet in your garden. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love it? And what is this guy? Because it is so soft. <laughs> yep. Um, this is Stacky's Helen von Stein or Lamb's Ear. And see, like, you just... Right. And it, de definitely, ha it definitely is soft. It yep. feels you know, very, very soft, like it's like a lamb's ear. It would be good for a therapeutic garden, too, like where t touch is important. Oh, yeah. Sensories. Um, sensories. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this guy, you know, it is perennial, but it mm -hmm. actually stays... It, some foliage in the way it does yeah. yeah so it doesn't die die all the way mm -mm. so you don't have to cut that one back you kind of tidy it up a little bit like you know they'll get some green or yellow leaves so you'll just tidy it up in it looks like time. you know some of the older foliage in here you could take some of the older stuff off and there's you know filled with new new foliage on the inside mm -hmm. do you get a bloom this particular one you don't it's mostly most i think it's, for the it's mostly foliage. for the foliage and this would make a great little tussy mussy bouquet too like just take a stacky's leave and you line it up around a miniature bouquet and you can give somebody a bouquet that they can pet oh i like that idea yeah. you know always because that's what's kind of fun about some of these plants is thinking about other other uses so not just right. you know landscape plants yeah but what else can it provide right you? how can you share it and like make someone else happy and then you have another kind of fun one. Yeah, Eupatorium, Joe Pieweed. Um, a lot of it in the garden now is kind of 
spent, um, but it's got great seed heads. It's a really nice late pollinator plant. Okay. Um, it gets great height with these tall, pink, fluffy um, flowers. Um, does, does like some water, so make sure it's not in a drought-tolerant gar garden. Now, I've seen some, you know, this is called Joe Pieweed. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen some in the landscape, you know, they can be six, seven, eight feet tall. Yeah. Which are, you know, stunning, but... This, this is Baby Joe. Um, so Baby Joe is a little bit shorter. What did I write? Three feet. Okay. So, yeah. it's, so it's still a nice, because sometimes, you know, they, you know, unless you don't have the space, it can kind of get aggressive and take yeah. over a large, a large You're area. like, what did I plant? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's a, it's a great color palette, you know, when you're, you know, trying, trying to mixing, mix the, the colors. So, mm -hmm. you know, fall is, you know, there's so much you can do yeah. with lots of different color patterns. Yes. Um, and different different textures. And the majority of what we're seeing now is a lot of foliage. Mm -hmm. And so there, you know, we have a little bit of flowering just off the lavender and the, yep. that, but it's not necessarily all, all about the blooms this time. It's not. This is one of my favorites for fall show and fall color. This is oxidendron or sourwood. You have this amazing red and it's grading into green and then you've got orange and bronze. So it's just like the cascade of colors is fantastic. And then you have these seed pods, which add like this dancing element um, that just makes it fantastic. Right. And these will get to be kind of a, you know, large shrub, small, small tree. Small tree. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily a single trunked item, but more of a multi low branched. Right. Um, it can be, I've seen single trunks in my neighborhood too. Oh, and it's really nice. Great. They're slow growing, so it's not going to be something that'll get out of control quickly and things. Right. But you know, the fall foliage is, it just glows. It's it, like, you know, some like fire engine red, yeah. red color. And then you get the, you know, the little tassels. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. We're going to take a little bit of a break here from Capital Subaru, and when we return, Judy and Laura are going to tackle a whole other card of, of wonderful plants. We'll be right back. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else in Oregon. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. And welcome back to uh, Garden Time. We're at Portland Nursery on Stark Street, and we are talking about fall and winter interest plants. Now, some of these plants, and Laura here has been talking about <laughs> some of these plants are not just about um, fall color. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that we're going to show you that are sometimes a little bit past their prime, but there's a reason for having it in the garden. So um, Judy and Laura are going to take over this cart and uh, fill us in on what's going on. So. And so now it's my turn, and this is a whole different color palette on this cart. So mm -hmm. if you weren't into the whites and the greens uh, from the other one, now we're into reds and golds and burnished bronze. And mm -hmm. so really great collection here. Thank you. So I love this sourwood, mm -hmm. and really that kind of go, blends itself into this cart. I mean, mm -hmm. it can go anywhere, but really it'll pick up the colors that you picked in these plants. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the next one is Itea Little Henry, or Sweet Spire. 
um, a full sun plant that gets about, my memory says around five feet mm -hmm. by five. Um, it has fragrant, um, cute little candle flowers in the spring and now is what, it's time to shine. It just glows, it just goes on fire and it's a fantastic like medium shrub for a sunny garden. You know, it's so pretty because there's all different colors right on that shrubs. Mm -hmm. There's green still, there's burgundy, there's like kind of a bronzy. It's really, really nice. And then there's like the seed pods still mm -hmm. from the flowers. So it's yeah. really attractive. Yeah. And I think underused in the garden. Yes. Really underused. It definitely is. And then in front of that is a hypericum um, shrub. It's a St. John's wort shrub. And really, these have really been bred for berries. Yes. And it's just loaded. Yes, this one's Midnight Glow. Um, it's a new variety to me. I was just walking around, I'm like, ooh, you're going on the cart. You're fantastic. It's got a dark foliage and these bright red berries. Um, and you, your new growth is going to be fantastic in the spring as well. Um, I I think it's around four feet yep. for full sun. And it still has that same yellow flower that mm -hmm. all hypericums come in the spring. Mm -hmm. So really, it's a full season. All Every season is going to have some kind of interest. Absolutely. Really nice. And I have one in my garden that it just gets kind of big for where it is. So mm -hmm. I just trim it back in like March. Oh. And then it stays compact. It stays around its neighbors. And it still blooms. I still get the berries. And it's nice and fresh every year. Fantastic. Yeah, so it's been really great. They have lots of different berries, right? That, oh, yeah. There yes. are colors of those. Ivory, there's orange. Same. Salmon, mm -hmm. red, and then different colored foliage. There are some that are green, some are more burgundy. Mm -hmm. So really, there's something, and they're great in containers. Really nice yeah, for that fall effect. Mm -hmm. And you have dahlias, because everyone yeah. thinks it's October, our dahlias are done, but this is nope. really a nice dahlia. It's, um, this is Mystic Haze, and it's going strong. I mean, I'm still picking them in my garden. I make bouquets every week. That's kind of my thing. Um, and you need to deadhead dahlias. Mm. Um, if they start setting seed, then they will stop blooming. So, oh darn, I have to make bouquets. <laughs> and this one's so nice because it doesn't have that regular green kind of foliage. Mm -hmm. It's much more delicate, almost ferny. Mm -hmm. And it's got dark burgundy stems and that burgundy blush on the on the foliage. Mm -hmm. And beautiful kind of um, yellowish and butterscotch blooms. Yeah. So pretty. Nice. Daisy-like blooms. Good contrast. Very nice. It's just perfect for your cart here. Yep. And if you're in a colder area, you'll have to protect this. Oh, sure. Um, but here, um, it's fine in the ground. Um, and it'll make it through the winter. Yeah, just have good drainage for your dahlias. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then you have one down here, this shrub, that it's mostly a stem, but it still has some foliage. Yeah. So what's this with this crooked stem? Yeah, Sorberia, um, Sorbifolia Sem, S-E-M, is the variety. We have one in our parking strip. And so it's probably around, what is that, like three to four feet okay. right now, probably about three to four wide. Um, and ours hasn't turned yet because it's in the ground. Mm. Um, but in a container they turn, and you can see the texture of the foliage nice. is just fantastic. And the fall color show is just really great. And you've got some seed pods on this one as well. It is kind of a ferny foliage again, mm -hmm. and it's um, green leaves in the summer, mm -hmm. and then it's turning this kind of gold with burgundy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but I really love the texture of the stems. Yes. Yeah. It's really, sometimes I like the curly things and the curvy things much better when no leaves are on. Uh, yeah, you can see their structure really well. And this one's sun to part shape. Nice. Part sun. So. Nice. So that has just a little twist to it, and it's got the buds on for next year already. Yep. Ready really to pretty. jump. Yep. <laughs> 
And then let's go to this kind of daisy-like flower. Which one is yeah, that? Yeah, uh, Rutabecchia Henry Eiler. So your black-eyed Susan, but not your everyday <laughs> no. black-eyed Susan. This one's got amazingly fluted or quilled petals or the ray flowers. Um, and it's just, it makes me giggle just to see something <laughs> a little different in the garden. Um, full sun, it can do light shade. Um, and 30 I think this inches? One, yeah, up to four feet. Yeah. So it's going to be taller, so middle of the border or mm -hmm. so, or a bigger pot. But you know, I love like the gold sturm, which I think is the best, Black Eyed yes. Susan, but that is like in your face, bright gold. And this one's a little more delicate. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty. And this will just die down this once will die we down. get frost. Yep. It'll turn yellow and die down and you can cut it to the ground after after that point. All right, and let's talk about grasses. You grasses. have this beautiful uh, panicum here, mm -hmm. Shenandoah. Yeah, um, this one's a color changer, which it hasn't done yet. Um, it's blue, blue foliage right now, um, but it's gonna take on some red tones oh, in the nice. fall. So I really like that about the Shenandoah. Um, we've been using the seed heads and cut floral a lot lately. Oh, so nice. I mean, just like that with the Rutabecchia, it's just like a great combo. Pretty. Um, so yeah, full sun, um, about five? A little bit under, I think I'm looking four. at the tag, up to like three and a half. Yeah, so a dwarfer variety. So what is your opinion though about grasses in the winter mm -hmm. landscape or in your containers? Mm -hmm. What do you do or what do you recommend? I leave them up. Um, I like the structure in the winter. I mean, just because it's herbaceous, I, I can still have something in my garden mm -hmm. in the winter. Also, I feel like if you're cutting grasses, they have tubes. Mm. Their, their stems are literally tubes, so I'm, I worry about too much rain sure. going into the tubes and causing them to rot. Yeah, I always leave mine up too because I think it's interesting. You get cobwebs in them or frost, and it's kind of beautiful in mm -hmm. the winter landscape. Yeah. Um, mm. And then I think um, insects, I know we're always trying to get rid of insects, but they kind of winter over. They need some place to kind of hide. That's true. So I kind of leave my grasses up too. And Good. there's that beautiful sound that uh, grass makes yes. when the rain comes through, um, especially mm -hmm. in the winter. Yes. And uh, the, you know, the flowers, the, the flower heads on grasses don't always look the greatest, but <laughs> it's just that they create such a statement. Mm -hmm. the garden, yeah. yeah. Now that is true. And then, yeah, talking about motion, um, pompous grass plumes. Yeah. Really beautiful. And you know, their dried flowers are back again, so you yes. need these for your dried flower <laughs> arrangements. <laughs> More floral fixity. Now, that one there, you'd have to leave a lot of room. Yes. yes. Yeah, they get 10 to 12 feet. Yeah. Unless the, you get a dwarf, yeah. but they still get sizable. They are evergreen, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Um, they also, you want to make sure you wear very long <laughs> sleeves whenever you're dealing with them because they're like razor blades. They are, yeah. And don't put them right by a path. Yeah. I've seen them cut back. Uh, they use them a lot on golf courses. Golf courses, well. yes. Yeah. And they uh, cut them to the ground in early spring, right? Yep. And they just grow from there, right? Yep. I always know when to tell people to cut them when I see the golf courses have <laughs> done that. <laughs> um, well, let's go back to shrubs now. Yeah. And this one is just so eye-catching. Oh, one of my favorites. I've got three at home. Oh, uh, <laughs> which one is this? Abelia kaleidoscope. Um, and you can kind of see why. There's like a gazillion colors going on here all at the same time. You've got your pink new growth. The leaves are gold with green in the middle. Then you have the calices from the flowers, which look like flowers, mm -hmm. but they're not. And you also have the actual flower, so which is white. Um, and it's a really versatile, um, fold apart sun. I mean, the more sun, the better for the uh, 
the structure. Okay. Um, and it just keeps going. Um, three, to to three, four. Yeah, three to four. Yeah, three to four wide. So it's going to get yeah. a little wider. It, yeah than tall and you know it's so interesting because you have all this going on and it's still flowering yeah we always think of abelias as spring blooming but this is gorgeous yeah yeah it's definitely a powerhouse really nice i i think for containers um this time of year and once it gets too big for containers put it in a landscape mm -hmm. or give it to a friend mm -hmm. but really just a beautiful statement for the fall yeah and then almost missed this one, this little oh. guy here. That's so fragrant. I yep. wish we had smell-o-vision. <laughs> right. The uh, oregano kirigami. It's the new version of Kent Beauty. Um, so again, I cut and dry the Kent Beauty all the time. It works in floral arrangements and garlands and um, it's just a really fun kind of edge of the border, sunny border. It can do so a little bit of shade, oh, okay. um, but like edge of the border, kind of softening the edge, and it's a nice late bloomer. It's like, when, when's it going to go? When's it going to go? <laughs> right. Oh, it's going now. Right, Yay. Right. <laughs> and the flowers are just kind of a pinkish green, mm -hmm. and they're just very subtle. It almost looks like foliage but, foliage, but it's the edges on it. So it's just really pretty, that soft kind of pink. Yep. And they're like hops. They do clusters. look like hops. Yeah. 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 That is beautiful. You just have stuff. You've seen those in uh, hanging baskets. Yes. Right? Yeah. Trailing. Really nice. Trailing. The same thing? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, because yeah, you're always looking for something different for a hanging basket. And you know, echinaceas have been the bell of the ball for the summer garden, mm -hmm. but really they have some life in the fall garden too. They do. The seeds are great for attracting birds and things. And you can see they're kind of falling apart, but that's why I pulled this one because seed heads add such interest to the winter garden and a lot for wildlife too. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. I mean, this one is called Poco Hot Coral. You can kind of see the last of the flower petals, but really any echinacea I would leave up, this last bloom up so that the birds can have the seeds. Yep, and definitely full sun for those guys and decent drainage yeah. is important. Um, other flowers that we should leave up for birds? Um, oryngiums. Oryngiums, yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one. Um, and millet, I know last yep, week millet. we talked about millet on mm -hmm. the show. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah. So, so yeah. Even, you know, it's it's pretty for ornaments, but also for the birds. And here now we we're like going we into pink. Pinks. <laughs> but I think they play well with all these. Yeah. It's a nice kind of contrast to it. Absolutely. Um, so heathers are just like a fantastic, there's a whole gamut of mm -hmm. them. Um, and pinks and whites are their general color palette. And then you can have some gold foliage. I thought this was really interesting. It's, uh, I forget the species, T-E-T -E is our abbreviation, hookstone pink. Um, so eight inches by 14. Um, it does need good drainage, um, great in containers. I've had a heather spill over a container and get to be Whoa. extremely long. Wow, yeah, that's very it nice. It was really fun. And I think, you know, if you don't like boxwood, this would be kind of an interesting thing to mm -hmm. do, a kind of edge a garden if you want a more formal look. Yeah. Because you do shear them back after they bloom, so, but that is really, really yeah. cute. The I blue foliage with mm -hmm. the pink, like dusky pink bells is really just nice. a really fun one. And then you have to tell us about this one because it's got a good story. <laughs> it does. I had to choose a persicaria because we were just at Chris's garden who breeds persicarias. So I'm like, oh, they're coming. They'll get my why I pulled this. <laughs> this one is called Darjeeling Red, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a deep pink flower. The foliage is kind of more ground hugging, yeah. but then the flowers kind of sit up a little bit. Yeah, so it's like a fast ground cover yeah. for sun to 
late shade. For a bigger property, and that's what this, this guy, he was also a landscape architect, and he had these large swaths of them, and it was Amazing. just so dynamic to see it like that. Yeah. It was really attractive. Definitely. And then we have these two little cute ones. You gotta these go for are adorable. New. Look at that. I know. Those are really unique. Yeah, the Saxifrage Dancing Pixies series. <laughs> they started, I actually saw it a couple years ago, two uh -huh. or three years ago, and now they've started separating out the colors. Oh, so you're cool. seeing a lot more selection. Um, yeah, I mean, how can that not, it's, it's like dancing, you know, it's a, the do. flowers are dancing yeah, above the foliage. We've got bright pink on the Teja, mm -hmm. and we've got like a lighter, rosier pink on um, Tony. Tony. Yeah. One's a little shorter flower mm -hmm. um, stems, and the other one's taller. Mm -hmm. And then where do you put saxifrage like this? This one's a zone eight. Okay. So this is where I would want to make sure it's going to be in a, I could protect it sure. if we get one of those events in the winter. Mm -hmm. So maybe a container that I can move under the porch or something, or stuff it under the taxis in the front yard that'll keep it protected for a weather event. Nice, nice. But it is so cute. And it's like there's other saxifrage that are more hardy. And you know, you can always um, research those. But these are just so cute, like a little color spot. Instead of a pansy, maybe yeah. put one of these. And having a different color in fall mm -hmm. in a flower has just been a delight. Right. And I think that we were talking off camera a little bit about um, discovering all these because yes. it's like if you don't come to a nursery or garden center this time of year you are going to miss all of these cool plants because really you don't have them all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean our gardens are so seasonal so shopping for them is really important. The first garden I ever did when I was working here I went out in winter and I looked at my gorgeous border. It was just fantastic. I'm like but there's nothing here in the winter so it was just like an eye-opening experience and so um, then I would start walking around and I'm like what can I put in in right. the winter oh, for sure so. you can almost get color year-round definitely look at this you know, yeah color or, or foliage color. yep twig color Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't pull any of the twigs. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we hope everybody enjoyed. Um, can you see me in there? <laughs> I'm Weird when I get in front of the camera. Um, so uh, these are really beautiful plants, and this is just a small selection that yes. people can find at the local garden centers mm -hmm. and Division and Stark. Right. And so for those that are not in the Oregon area, um, check with your local garden center. Some of these will be available, some will not, but I'm sure they'll have plenty of other colors there too. Um, any parting thoughts about fall and winter color? Because we did talk about even past their prime, plants mm -hmm. can serve a, a wonderful purpose. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts? I think that um, putting in a plant that maybe you have a spot for, come mm -hmm. to the nursery, um, maybe look outside your window, like where you are in the wintertime, maybe at your kitchen or at your dining room, and maybe just kind of look out. Maybe there's a hole right there and you need yeah. to put something in. I think that we forget that um, we're not in our gardens, but we still view our gardens. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. and, I th and I think as we, you know, assembling and doing new things in different pots and different containers, you know, as we tear summer <laughs> things out and we have these holes fall is a great time to put put things in there yeah. and Laura is there anything you know as we are redoing pots and containers and going from fall into winter mm -hmm. into spring mm -hmm. that we need to you know pay attention to certain things in pots or like perennials and shrubs that are in there right. just just leave them in or? just yeah just leave them in um, you'll be replacing your annuals like you know the impatiens are finishing and you can put in the pansies and the violas um, we'll see primroses soon 
um, or the cabbages and kales mm -hmm. and things would all be great replacements for those. Yeah. You know, and a lot of a lot of these you can when you're done, you know. Eventually, they're going to get too big for the yeah. pot, right? right. Yeah. So then, yeah. then what do we do with them? these <laughs> well, you know, amazing plants that we've nurtured along for over the years? Do you have room in the ground? Yeah. <laughs> or does a friend want it? Or Right, because you know, they just get bigger and fuller mm -hmm. and nicer. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with them, but, it's, right. but it gives you an opportunity to refresh. Yes, there you, go. there you go. And we were talking earlier about refreshing, about um, these plants, um, most of them on the tags, they are grown for a certain time period, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So 10 years for, you know, some of the conifers and stuff. Gardens are transitory. Yes. So you can always take them out and put new plants in because they're coming up with new plants all the time, right? Right. And we need to have a spot for them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and sometimes the newer varieties are, are wonderful additions. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, thank you everybody for uh, watching um, and listening. Uh, we want to thank Capital Subaru again for uh, sponsoring the podcast and the video. Um, and thank you to Portland Nursery and Delora yeah. for being with us today. And hopefully we'll do more of these on location kind of things. So thank you very much and happy garden. Capital Subaru, we value your time. Whether you're here for service or working with our amazing sales team, everything is right here for your convenience. We offer a great selection of Subarus, an industry-leading service center that keeps you moving, and so much more. Like our Living Green Wall, just one of the many features throughout our dealership. Looking for the perfect pet gift? Check out Happy Paws Pet Shop right here in our lobby. Or plan your next adventure in our fireside seating and find your happy place. It's always your time at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.